You are listening to the Paranormal Chronicles radio show. Here is your host, paranormal researcher and author of the best-selling A Most Hunted House, Gavin Lee Davis. Welcome. My name is JL Davis, founder of theparanormalchronicles.com and author of the international bestseller, that is, Haunted Horror of Haverford West. Do you read alone in bed at night? I do hope you, your family and your loved ones are safe at this time as we venture down the rabbit hole to discuss COVID conspiracies, strange creatures, Bigfoot, UFO sightings and a terrifying encounter with, I don't know, spirit, doppelganger, ghost, demon... Have a listen. I asked a question in this episode. Would you take the COVID vaccine? Please answer in the comments. And if it's a no, tell us why. The Paranormal Chronicles podcast series brought to you by sick-books.com. So visit sick-books.com today and start your paranormal reading adventure. If this is your first time listening, then please follow so you never miss an episode. Plus, all followers get entered into a followers monthly prize draw to win a fantastic book from sick-books.com. Press follow now, download and listen to our huge archive of amazing content. Big news for us, we are now on Patreon. Become a VIP today and access ad-free and early access episodes. Have extra draws in the book giveaway. Access to digital content. Be part of an exclusive VIP Amazon prize draw. And get this, you get two free digital books. And one of them, it's my controversial bestseller, Go Sex, The Violation. All of that for a free pound or dollar subscription. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash TPC VIP. That's patreon.com forward slash TPC VIP. Go VIP today. Final announcement before we get on with this incredible show. I am thrilled and honoured to announce that my fourth book is set for release. Harvest, the true story of alien abduction, is ready for pre-order. Release date, Halloween 2020. Pre-order Harvest, the true story of alien abduction by me, GL Davis, today from wherever books are sold on tonight's show. What terrifying creatures are inhabiting Puerto Rico and is there a UFO connection? What are the origins of Bigfoot and where do they come from? Is there a COVID conspiracy? If so, who is behind it? Did we land on the moon and who actually discovered America? Plus a terrifying child demon encounter and a UFO sighting. I am joined by Willie Miranda, host of the Paradigm Matrix radio show on the KCOR Digital Radio Network. Willie Miranda has interviewed some of the world's top leading investigators, authors and paranormal experiences. And this interview delves deep into his fantastic knowledge and own personal experience. This is going to pop your mind on with the show. How much of a profound effect did the experience in Ajuja in Puerto Rico in 1973 have on you? And what exactly did you see that afternoon, Willie? Well, you got to picture this. You got to picture in 1973, or actually in the 70s, Puerto Rico was still, let's say, like in the 50s in the United States. Okay. It was very leave it to beaver type. Okay. And... You know, there was some goodness, of course. I mean, uh, people left their their doors open, their car doors open. Kids walked to school by themselves, all right? And this was my first grade. Now, at that time, on recess, 
you could go home, have a bite to eat, and come back. So recess, we're talking about maybe lunchtime, noontime. So I headed up with a friend to his house to have lunch. Now we walked up a hill, and as we're walking up the hill, looking to the left side, to my left, you can see the top of a building. Now that building had galvanized steel, uh, like, like a type of galvanized steel roof, very commonly used in the United States, so the southern parts of the United States maybe, and in the Caribbean and South America, and Central America. But anyway, on the way back, on the way back as I'm walking down, as we're walking down, something gave me an urge, urge to look to my right. And as I looked, I saw what I could describe to this day is maybe a fly the size of a rugby football. Okay, is, is, is what I could describe it. The reason I could say it was a fly because it did have wings. And what I could tell, it was feeding on some, I believe it was some mangoes that had fallen off a tree. And I just looked at it. It happened to be staring at me with these big eyes. Okay. And I looked at it for maybe what I, I would say, it seemed like an eternity, but it, I know it was maybe 15, 20 seconds. I'm staring at this thing. I don't know what I'm looking at. Now, I never felt afraid. I didn't feel threatened. And all of a sudden, I just decided, okay, I'm going to go back to class. And I turned around, and my friend was just, he just kept walking. So I ran behind him and caught up with him. I never mentioned a word to anybody about what I saw that day. And it affected me in a way. Let me see. It just... Everything changed for me that day. Everything. I grew up in a Pentecostal household, right? Mm. Very, very uh, strict Pentecostal household. And of course, I was afraid to, to say anything about my experience because I knew how they were going to react with me. I just knew it because I knew from experience, okay? They were going to probably say was, what you saw was the devil, what you saw was a demon, which I never felt threatened buy it okay but during my during my life and growing up and when we moved here to the united states i could never get that experience off my head i could never get the experience it was it was just like reliving it every day like like it like it had happened that day the, the profound effect that it had on me was i didn't realize until adulthood until i found out why i liked the paranormal why i liked the subjects of bigfoot Loch Ness monster ufos those subjects were always fascinating to me when I was, any time that I went to the library in school, any chance I had, if I had to take a book out, I'd take out another one. So if I was doing a book report on something, I'd take out another book concerning either the Loch Ness Monster, UFOs, or Bigfoot. <laughs> so that stuck with me. I mean, that, that, that always stuck with me. That always influenced what I watched. I watched a show growing up in the 70s called In Search Of, with Leonard Nimoy was the host. And you can probably see it on YouTube now, but he dwelt, you know, the, it was very subject matter. It was very different subject matter, whether it was uh, Loch Ness Monster, um, the disappearance of Amelia Earhart, anything like that, Bigfoot, okay? So those were just the subjects that I always was really attracted to. And, of course, I had a, a huge influence on my life because currently I am the host of my own radio show, and those are the s topics that I talk about. That radio show being... The Paradigm Matrix. The Paradigm Matrix on KCOR Digital Radio Network. 
And trust me, it is an absolute superb show. I listen regularly without fail. That's how I found you. You stayed silent and you didn't talk about your experience to anybody until late adulthood. So how did that come about? You know, I came out in a few different ways. I, I got involved maybe four years ago, five years ago, as a co-organizer for the Greater New England UFO Conference here in Lemonster, Massachusetts, with my friend Susan McNeil Spooler. And we took over an existing conference. We changed the name. The original conference organizer did not want to lend the name. So understandably, we took it over. We didn't want to lose basically the footing and the footprint that I had already. Okay. And during that time, I started talking to Susan. And she had told me that while her mother was carrying her, when her mother was pregnant with her, her mother had seen a UFO at a church near the Lemonster City Hall. And I said to Susan, that's a, that's, what a coincidence, because my mother, right around the early 90s, with my brother, saw a UFO above Lemonster City Hall. Did not want to talk anything about it. She, she took that to her grave. My brother spoke about it, but she never could come around to talk to me about it. And that's how we started talking about my experience, I said to her, hey, listen, I, as a kid, I saw, I had this experience, I saw this. And it was, I was able to basically get more comfortable talking about it. And it didn't, at the time, feel like I was going to get stigmatized by it, you know? And I felt, in a way, liberated. <laughs> I was able to take that out of my, my chest because I've been carrying around for so long. And... I was never, I was sure what I saw, but I wasn't, I said to myself, am I the only one that's seen anything like this? You know, and of course, being being surrounded with people who've had many other experiences, whether they've seen Bigfoot or they've had a, an experience with a ghostly apparition, okay, or an entity. So that made me feel a lot more comfortable to go ahead and talk about my story which is a, a very unusual one, to say the least. You know, I've had people ask me if I, if I want to get regressed or anything like that. I say to myself, why? Because I never felt anything negative about it. It is probably one of the most peculiar experiences I've ever heard, if I'm honest. And that's why it piqued my interest, because it is so peculiar on so many different levels. So, what do you think you saw? Did you think it was paranormal? Did you think it was like a new animal? Did you think it was alien? Well, you know, with the show that I currently do right now, I've had a, I've had the honor to interview many people in the subject. And one of those people is George Martin Miranda. Now, George is a former journalist. He did the first investigations on the Chupacabra yeah. phenomenon in Puerto Rico in the 80s. And last September, I had um, an opportunity to go to Puerto Rico with my son and his girlfriend. We flew down, and I was able to meet George and his wife. And we started talking about my experience, because George said to his wife, you know, you got to listen to Willie's experience and what he saw in Hayuya back in 1973. Now, George had told me before that there was a lot of UFO, there was like a UFO flap around that time, especially in Hayuya, in that part of the island, in the middle of the island or the center of the island. 
there was a lot. There was a big UFO flap, so a lot of UFOs being reported. And his wife said to me, "You know what? I think what you saw was probably was probably one of the first cases of the chupacabra before it came, before it, it exploded into into the scene in the '80s." Yeah. There was a lot of reports back then, and what she was telling me that children were seeing many creatures that adults would couldn't see. Okay, so these creatures could be seen by children, but adults couldn't see them. That's very peculiar. Why do you think only children could see it? Was I believe it's the mind. I believe it's a child's mind. Not when it gets to a certain age, it gets corrupted. Okay. With yeah. life, life in general, you know, it's uh, you lose that innocence. A child still has that innocence. So I believe that's what I saw. Maybe was because of my, I was able to see with the eyes of a an innocent seven-year-old. He happened to see something that I don't think an adult could see. Or maybe this thing felt comfortable enough to be seen by, or or knew that it was a child looking at it. And to this day, I mean, I remember the eyes. The eyes were looking at me. I was looking at it. I knew that I was looking at it. And I knew that that wasn't supposed to be there. I knew it, but I didn't fear it. How do you see it now? Could you describe what you can remember seeing now? What kind of details can my, you see on it? My mind says I saw a giant fly, but I could have been seeing something else because my mind could be interpreting something that will make me feel comfortable. Thinking back... To that day, I believe that's could have been something else. It, it could have been a little more exaggerated, maybe. And my mind to protect me said, "This is what you saw." But I still saw it with wings. I, I, I still see it feeding on these mangoes, and the big eyes, just like a fly. I wouldn't say praying mantis because a lot of people will push that. Oh, what you saw was praying mantis, or did it have eyes like an owl? This is what you saw, and I go, not necessarily. Not necessarily. I know what I saw, but maybe my mind trying to protect me, that's what my what my mind interpreted. I agree with that because when the elasticity of your mind snaps, when that comprehension goes haywire, you try and make sense of what you're seeing with what you know. So if it's something so strange and alien that you've not seen before, you can only describe it in terms of what you've seen, of what you know. To you, it looked like a giant fly. You know, in reality, it could have been something totally different. Again, something you were unfamiliar with. It's the theory that a lot of biblical texts talk about a serpent with, with the wings of a bird and the roar of a lion and the fire coming out of it. What people in the Bible were actually seeing was a jet, was an aircraft. But they, did, but they didn't know what an aircraft was, but they knew what a lion was. They knew what a bird was. They knew what a snake was. Correct. Ezekiel's wheel, as a matter of fact. Yes, yes. The total description of a UFO, a fiery wheel. But the way they're going to describe it, it was a, a wheel like a that was probably used in those ancient times. And that's the way they're going to interpret it. And you're, you're right. And that's probably the mind of a seven-year-old is going to interpret it. But you didn't feel threatened at all. No, not at all. Not at all. You know, and going, going back to what George's wife said to me, in many descriptions of uh, chupacabras have been described, it does have big eyes. They're red, okay? And it does walk on almost bipedal. So, and it does have maybe what it looks like. Um, it could be like porcupines, but that could be, you know, that could be interpreted as wings also. 
you know, so it was very, it's very strange. It's very strange. As a matter of fact, I've gone online, I've looked, I've looked everywhere for giant flies or anything like that, and I and I haven't encountered anything as far as a report on that. You know, they've talked about giant spiders and giant frogs or giant birds, okay, but nothing as far as a fly is concerned. So what I could say, what I say is I associated more with maybe what I saw was maybe a chupacabra. Yeah. And maybe, you know, my mind to protect me, and I'm having me from probably going crazy at that time and running down and saying what I saw and probably getting embarrassed, okay, and maybe getting a whipping at my house because I saw, you know, the demon or, or the devil. So maybe my mind just compartmentalized that, you know, and, and the memory put it away and, and that was it. The chupacabra is a legitimate phenomena on the island of Puerto Rico. Yes. The police have documented it. The police have chased it. The police have shot at it. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm sure that the Puerto Rican army actually went looking for this creature. Yeah, the U.S. Army. The U.S. Army went yeah, looking for yes, it. The U.S. Army. As a matter of fact, there's always been speculation or talk that in El Junque rainforest in Puerto Rico, there is a base there. There is yeah. a... There is a U.S. base there that have been doing experimentations, and they say that these creatures probably escaped that lab, which is possible. Monkeys escape labs. <laughs> All yeah. kinds of things es- have escaped labs. Viruses have escaped labs. <laughs> yeah, we could be experiencing that right now. <laughs> that's right. So, you know, there's a lot of pheno- there's a phenomenon in Puerto Rico that's been going on for, for thousands of years. The Indians, uh, the Taino Indians that have been there have spoken about it, okay? I've spoken about things that have gone on in, in, in the rainforest. So it's nothing, it is nothing new. And the term chupacabra was coined in Puerto Rico, even okay, though they yeah. say, you know, that, 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 yeah, that there's chupacabras in the southwest territories of uh, or the states of the uh, United States and Mexico. But it's a different type of animal. It is a completely different type. Yeah, the American one seems to be like a, a cross between a dog and, say, like a coyote. But yes. the one in Puerto Rico is exactly what comes to mind. And I'm not poking fun at anyone who's had this experience, but was that movie Critters. It was this weird little animal with spikes on its back. And I've seen and read reports from the Puerto Rican police where they are adamant that they have shot at these things. And these things have retaliated by firing spikes back at them and left. They've, they've caused damage. I understand they've killed pets, goats, hence the name Goat Killer. And correct me if I'm wrong, I'm even sure that there's been attacks on infants and children. I believe maybe there's been some type of an attack or maybe not more of like an attack, but more like a scare tactic, you know, maybe more like a scare tactic. So had you had any previous paranormal encounters until this point? Oh, as a matter of fact, about about a year ago, I had a UFO sighting. <laughs> I would say an unidentified phenomenon, okay? But I didn't, it was just a, a light that happened to be in York Beach, Maine. And it was at, uh, it was about nine o'clock at night. And I'd happened to, to look up in the sky. It was very misty. It, couldn't, it wasn't a clear night, but I look up and there was a light there. It was a an orange light, and I said, "Wow, that with all this wind, what's is this plane gonna move?" And I'm waiting, if, I'm waiting for it to move, and it's it's not moving. Well, that's strange. And then the the orange 
the red orange light went from that to another one, and then another one. And I could see the outline, not completely, but it was almost, I didn't want to say circular. And I stood there and watched it for, it had to be five, five, ten minutes, and it did not move. And I'm looking around to see if anybody else is seeing this, and people are just going about their business. And at the time, I didn't have, of course, my phone with me. I was charging it. I left it charging. So as a matter of fact, I just it disappeared into the mist, and I turned around that week, and I called a good friend of mine who's an investigator with MUFON, and I let him, I said to him, hey, listen, Fred, uh, this is what's going on. I saw this, and this was the time, and he basically did like a small report with me. After that, I haven't seen anything else. My brother, on the other hand, my little brother has had UFO experiences. My sister's had an unbelievable paranormal experience with a doppelbanger. Yeah, 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 doppelganger. <laughs> yes, with her son, with her son, which was, I mean, it still raises the, the hairs in the back of my neck and on my arm. And she had an experience with that. It was unbelievable. Scary, scary, scary. This incredible interview continues after these important messages. Is the poltergeist syndrome the only type of paranormal phenomena that can really be proven? Read Poltergeist, a new investigation into destructive haunting today. Available on e-reader and wherever books are sold. Visit www.sixth-books.com for more information. Become the alchemist of your world. In The Secret of the Alchemist, Colm Holland reveals how you can discover the power to miraculously change the world around you beyond all recognition and for the better. Colm will tell you the story of his encounter with Paolo Coelho and his best-selling book, The Alchemist, and how discovering the secret gave him the insights to achieve true empowerment in his life and how you can too. Read The Secret of the Alchemist today. Available from wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com to learn how you too can become the alchemist of your life. This is Jason Bland, host of Midwest Paranormal Presents Paranormal Soup, where we stream live as a webcast every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, with guests who will blow your mind. Live ghost box sessions where you can call into the show to see if the spirits will talk to you. And the World Wide Web of Weird, with the latest in paranormal news and evidence. We're bringing the weird every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Paranormal entities assaulting us. Ghost Sex the Violation is the best selling true account and study of paranormal sexual abuse. Ghost Sex the Violation by GL Davis is available on Kindle and through Amazon. Pray this never happens to you. What if the after effects of a near death experience were undeniable? What if a person could suddenly produce high quality paintings of the afterlife, or if they acquired the ability to compose classical symphonies? Read Shine On. The remarkable story of how I fell under a speeding train, journeyed to the afterlife, and the astonishing proof I brought back with me. Read Shine On today on e-readers and wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com today. 
does Genesis teach that the human race was created by God or engineered by ETs? Read Escaping from Eden today from wherever books are sold. GL here and before we get back to the interview, did you know you can listen to this podcast not only ad-free but with early VIP access as a TPC VIP Patreon. As a VIP you will get two digital books including my bestseller Go Sex the Violation to keep and read plus digital content, two extra draws in our follower monthly book giveaway and exclusive entry into a VIP Amazon gift voucher draw. This is the spooky part. All of that is just £3 or $3 to go VIP. So go VIP today so you don't hear ads like this again. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash TPC VIP. That's patreon.com forward slash TPC VIP. On with the show. In my folklore, if you see a doppelganger, then something bad's going to happen to you. Um, that's what they say. And I've heard it and, and I've heard very similar stories. When my sister's telling me, she's in her apartment. She had punished her, her kid, her son. She sent him to his room. He had done something bad. She sent him to his room. She's watching TV and she sees her son in the corner. And she's saying to herself, what is he doing in the corner? He's supposed to be upstairs sleeping. I put him upstairs. I put him in bed. So what is he doing down here? So she starts calling out his name and he wouldn't turn around. So she got up and grabbed him by the arm and proceeded to take him upstairs to his room. So when she starts walking up the stairs, she's going to go in the room. Her son's in the room already, in the bed. So she looks at the kid that she's holding in her arm, by the arm. She says, look at me. And she's freaking out. And she said it looked like him. It was just evil. She told me, Willie, what I did was I just started calling out the Lord's name, rebuking and rebuking, and the kid disappeared from my arms. He disappeared from my grip. This has sent me to Goosebump City. <laughs> well, this is the first time I've mentioned this one on, on an interview. It is a creepy story. It really is. There's a great movie called Us where we all have these doppelgangers that live in these subterranean corridors and they get out and they try and kill us and replace us. <laughs> One of our listeners, his name's Michael. Uh, he's from Preston in the UK. He kind of cemented a theory that I subscribe to and a lot of other investigators do too. And that is hauntings might not necessarily be ghosts, right? But actually it is just phases in time that overlap. So we can see someone living in the same space 10 years ago or 50 yes. years in the future, right? A possibility you could actually haunt yourself. So Michael was uh, in bed and he'd been seeing these weird shapes and these things and he was getting very freaked out and he contacted us and said, I think I've got a ghost in my house. And I explained my theory and he said, you know what, I think you're right because he said, I woke up in the night and there was someone in the bathroom. I heard like the glass moving on the sink and I opened the door and he said for a split second, he saw himself brushing his own teeth. So he was actually haunting himself. Now that right there is scary. You've given me goosebumps quite a lot tonight, Willie, I have to admit. And uh, for anyone listening, if you want more of this, go to the Paradigm Matrix radio show because it's just like this all the time. It is so unbelievably creepy. So what are your thoughts on the UFO phenomena? I never thought this way until I started 
being involved as a co-organizer for the Greater New England UFO Conference. And of course, you know, the conference wasn't only about UFOs, it was about cryptids and of course the paranormal. And we've had some fantastic, fantastic speakers. And it is, the more I started talking to a lot of the speakers and the lecturers, I was more convinced that a lot of this, a lot of this was related, okay? You know, the, the, the paranormal world, of course, the spirit world, the UFO, ufology, and the cryptozoology were really tied hand in hand. You know, we do live in a paranormal world, you know, I, I believe. I believe that some some places are more more active than others. You have a Skinwalker Ranch here in the United States, okay? There is another place down in Connecticut that Paul and Ben Eno and Bill Hall and Shane Shane Surway, which I've had on as as guests on my show, there's an area there that almost the same thing. Uh, Bigfoots have been seen there, spirits have been seen there, or paranormal activity, okay, and also UFOs. So I think that we do live in the world where there is an an alternate world, or a where these things come in contact with us, or they cross this plane. I do believe that. Like a tear in the fabric between our dimension and another one. Yes. Or it could be just places that are known to, like a gate or an interdimensional gate where these things could be flying in and out of. Maybe intentionally, maybe not. We really don't know. All we could do is theorize, you know. Perfect example is the uh, cryptozoology subject on Bigfoot. I mean, there, there are physical prints. They've had there's countless and countless testimony of people encountering a Sasquatch or a Bigfoot. And they they hear the sounds, they hear the wood knocks. But how do you explain when these things turn around, leave, somebody's following them, they, they're following the tracks, and all of a sudden the tracks stop. They just stop. Now I've had people tell me, oh, they're, they're, they're very smart, they'll turn around, they don't want you to follow them so they'll 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 just go over their own footprints it's a lot of hard work you know if you have the ability to run away like they say these creatures could run away or they could run yes i do believe that they're 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 physical i also think there's a lot going on there and wherever there is a ufo sighting not too far there's a sasquatch or bigfoot sighting not too far at all so my thoughts on that is that this is a very paranormal world and, of course, you know, we, we live in it. We live in it. And a lot of people who have woken up have basically or have had the experience of being woken up from their deep sleep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, have uh, uh, these, these are the people that are coming around. Well, it's interesting what you said about Bigfoot. Now, Ron C. Mayer, who wrote Bigfoot Singularity, he believes that Bigfoot are alien. And he followed some prints and they just vanished as well. And exactly what you said, he said the correlation between Bigfoot sightings and UFOs. A guest that I had on my show, Mr. Stan Gordon. Now, Stan's been one of these investigators that's been in the subject for over 50 years. And Stan's got a book that he wrote some years ago. It's called Silent Invasion. And it's the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot case. Okay, and it happened around 1973. There was there was a big flap, okay, and there were some farmers that I believe 
had reported that these these lights or these crafts have landed in their property. You know, of course, you know, back in that time, you know, you're anything like that, it's going to be very suspicious. And here in the United States, many, many people own firearms. You know, so they pull out their firearms, they're going to go out and investigate. And from what the report says, out of these crafts, these big, tall entities came out of it. But they looked like, like Bigfoot. And they were coming towards them. Now, one of them got scared and started firing his weapon. And they still kept on coming. So I believe the property owner called the state police. Pennsylvania State Police came over. And they got involved in in the shooting also. So this is a very well-documented case. Okay? And Stan was, you know, when I interviewed him last year, he was telling me that he was coming around. And, of course, he was saying that, you know, his train of thought was was changing, that, you know, he believed that Bigfoot was a, of course, interdimensional being, you know, because, you know, we haven't found the body yet. We haven't, we haven't gotten a sample yet. You know, it, it becomes inconclusive all the time. You know, and it's, it's not a, you know, it is a, it is real. And I think we are being prepared now for the big reveal. Somebody commented on the Paranormal Chronicles Facebook page today about a UFO post. If UFOs were real, they said, how come no one with all the CCTV and phone technology, how come no one's actually recorded one? And I was like, pal, have you not seen the news this week? The American government are saying now they have footage of UFOs. Now, UFOs doesn't mean aliens. It means unidentified flying objects. These are objects that fly and are unidentified. But the American government, who are renowned for their secrecy, are now saying there is things happening that we don't understand. Trump, President Trump, one of his first orders was he created a space force to join the Army and the Marines and the Air Force and the Navy. He created a space force to protect us from spatial danger. Now, is he talking asteroids? Is he talking nuclear missiles? Or is he talking UFOs? Where are these UFOs coming from? And this is my opinion. I'm not speaking for Willie on this one, people, but this is my opinion. It's exceptionally naive of anybody on this planet to believe we are alone in this universe. I don't even think we're alone in our galaxy. I think our galaxy is teeming with sophisticated life. And if you think about how old the universe is, there is a lot of life out there which is older than us, more advanced than us. They understand time and space. They understand more than we could ever understand. And there's nothing stopping them from visiting us and doing what they want with us. I agree. I do. At times, I'm a little bit conflicted on the agenda, especially with the experiencers. You know, some people have these experiences where they, they're taken from their from their homes, from their beds in their sleep to be prod and and experimented on. You know, some people consider those experiences positive, but I'm not too sure if I'm find it very positive some some entity or whatever it is coming in the middle of the night and running a, a battery a test on me i agree i've just launched my new book harvest 
true story of alien abduction. You can get that wherever books are sold, pre-order today. And I spent six years interviewing people who have been abducted by aliens. And I can tell you one thing, it is not a positive experience. It's not an enlightening experience. We need to start to get real about this now. We are entering an age of enlightenment. The American government are saying these things are real. For years and years, people have laughed and mocked those who believed in UFOs or claimed to have had abductee experiences. Paul Wallace, author of Escaping from Eden, said that there is a agreement amongst alien races and some of them respect us. Some of us see us as spiritual beings, but there is some that see us as produce as farm animals, as livestock. Now, that's going to be offensive to a lot of people out there. That's going to challenge you. You read the reports. You read Harvest, the true story of alien abduction. We have to stop the harvest. There are people all over the world, all nationalities, regardless of age, sex, religion, creed. There are people out there being taken and horrific things done to them. And if that was your auntie or your mum or your grandmother or your child, you would want answers and you would want it stopped. I'm very passionate about this. I believe that we are being visited. I am confident in my conviction that that is happening. And I think people very, very soon, we're all going to know exactly what's going on. Yes, and you know, one of the reasons why the governments haven't really come and admitted any of this it's a, of course, it's a, it's a subject of national, sec, national security. I mean, uh, how would you feel if your government can't protect you? Yeah, your own government. So you have these things coming to my home, and what are you going to do about it? And everybody's so dependent on their government to do everything for them, you know. And of course, you know, the, the United States is another country that are going to pride themselves in their sovereignty, and that nobody's going to violate these. Our skies. So with all the money that's being spent and everything else, especially on defense, and you can't do nothing about this? Yeah. It's terrifying. It good, is. Good it people is. are being hurt. I believe that good people, people like our listeners, good families, hardworking people, innocent people, defenseless people, bad things are happening to them and nobody's talking about it because if you talk about it people laugh at you they say little green man put on your tinfoil hat you've been eating magic mushrooms you're a nutter and etc etc it, it is taboo it's it taboo. a little bit of a, a little bit of a taboo subject look at myself in my experience and how long it took me to talk about it definitely you know it's interesting enough how you said that that paul had mentioned that some of them look at us as livestock it, it always, you know, that always reminds me of that Twilight Zone episode to serve man. Yes. And, I, and to finally they were able to decrypt the book, remember? Everyone was you know, trying the, to wonder the, what that book was about. The title, the title was to serve man. Yeah, we were being eaten, And it was guys. a cookbook. It was a cookbook. It's very terrifying because, you know, people have read my books, listen to these shows when it comes to things that are paranormal in terms of hauntings, ghosts, entities. You know, I've got a lot of theories on that. I'm, I'm very happy to sit down and listen and listen to rational thought. I'm interested in the psychology of the paranormal. I'm very interested in different effects, different things can have on us from mobile phone technology to toxic mold, you know, from gases to psychological maladies such as depression. I'll go all the way through that. You know, I'll never say to you, well, ghosts are a million percent real. If you've read Haunted Horror of Halford West, 
I tell you what happened and then I try and give you some explanation so you can make up your, your mind. But with Harvest, the true story of alien abduction, I believe that aliens are coming here and they're doing what they want and we're powerless. And I look forward to the day when we buck up, pick ourselves up and say no, no to the harvest, stop the harvest. And we find a way to stop this. And them aliens, they come here and they start abducting and bump, get the fuck out. It could be also that what we're dealing here with is the malevolent, you know, the, some of these some of these things have bad intentions. You know, and, you know, a lot of people are looking for disclosure and, and, and everything else. Uh, and this is how I feel about disclosure. Uh, you know, the, the Condon Report and, and all these studies. I don't know how people are going to react to this. You know, uh, a few years ago, uh, close to four years ago, the people here came completely unraveled because the results of an election and who got elected here in the United States as a president. I mean, people literally unraveled. How would you think they're going to handle the news that we're being visited by entities that we can't we can't really know? We don't got a grasp on their technology. Well, look how we're coping with the current viral situation. You know, and my heart goes out to everybody, every single person in the world. My love is with you right now. These are difficult testing times and we will get through this and we will get through this stronger than ever. OK, we go berserk and start buying toilet paper like it's made out of gold when we have this virus and i'm not taking anything away from the virus is very serious very grave situation we find ourselves in but how are we going to react when a big spaceship or a little spaceship or an alien presents itself to mankind how are we going to cope exactly you know the church is quiet at the moment the church aren't saying a lot about the COVID situation. I thought we'd be hearing from religious organizations all day long. We're not hearing from them right now. No, they're hiding. And I wonder why too. I'll tell you what, there's churches here and there's people here in in the United States who are getting, they're getting fines, being arrested, okay, for congregating, which is a right here in the United States. You know, I can see other countries, I, I understand, you got different laws and you maybe have a little different view on your religious freedoms. But, you know, the big church is staying pretty quiet. They're not saying anything. Paul Wallace, again, from Escaping from Eden, he said that the Vatican has done extensive research into if aliens were to turn up. They would adapt the message to include intergalactic species. Yes, they would, they would preach them the, uh, the gospel. You know, if the aliens are good, I ain't got a problem with it. You know, bring them here if they can help mankind advance, help us with our technology, with our diseases, with our pollution, you know, all of that. I'm up for it. But from my personal research, it ain't all good. You know, there's the Billy Meyer aliens and the Nordics and you've got, you know, good experiences with spiritual based alien life. That's great. Possibly Bigfoot. If he is an alien or they are an alien, I should say, they don't tend to do any harm. I have read of reports and rapes and all these kind of stuff of the Bigfoot phenomenon. But as a whole, they tend to be pretty. They just leave us be and get on with their own business, whatever that business is. But there's enough evidence now that alien life is visiting this world and they have no regard for us as an equal. We are the equivalent of if we had rats in a lab. Or if we had lambs in a field. Yeah, it's no different than how we look at uh, as an air farm. Yeah. Or yeah. how we look at an insect. 
And how will we communicate with an insect? You know, how these, you know, if you got to hire more intelligent being, how would you start that? You know, and you, you got to ask yourself also, you know, Stephen Hawkins a few years ago said it wasn't a good idea for us to be sending us signals <laughs> and saying that we were here. Yeah. I mean, it didn't work out too good for the uh, Aztecs, okay, or for the Mayans or for the Taino Indians in, in the greater in, in the Antilles Islands in Puerto Rico, Hispaniola, and Cuba and all the other islands. It didn't work out too good. Yeah, what are your thoughts on ancient American history? Oh, of course, I believe that America was settled by Europeans way yeah. before Columbus was given credit for any of this. Or maybe even Leif Erikson. You know, there's a site up here where I live that's not too far away in Salem, New Hampshire. And the property's owned by a good friend of mine. And he's been a guest on my radio show, Dennis Stone. Mm-hmm owns a 30-acre site, which is called American Stonehenge. And I visited the site. And let me tell you, it is it's very, I wouldn't say eerie, but when you visit this site, you know that it's, uh, it's special. Okay. And, of course, you know, it does have, uh, it does have, you know, sundials. It does have serpentine walls. Okay, and if you look at the serpentine walls, and if you look at the the where the where the wall begins, it it is the the head of a snake. It's amazing. It's completely amazing. And they've interviewed Indians and Native American Indians in that area, and they said, "No, we didn't build this. We didn't build it. Who built they, it?" So they say, you know, it, it it almost seems like it's it's druid influenced. Okay, I mean, it, it has. It has the, the the site in one of the in one of the stoned stoned walled I would say like on the main site there's these little windows these little windows basically uh, the sun and the moon aligned to it okay it's it's very very uh, astrological uh, there was a lot of thought process put into this place okay and the building of this place I mean it's absolutely amazing. Like I said, uh, the first time that I visited, the first and last time that I visited was maybe last year. I'm going to go up there again. There was, of course, it was a beautiful day. There was people walking around the, the site, and I, I met this person who had visited Stonehenge with his family, and his daughter happened to be there, and his daughter started complaining of headaches, and he says to me, you know, she was doing the same thing when she was in Stonehenge. She couldn't approach the main site, her head started hurting. And the same thing had happened to her in Stonehenge. And I believe these places are are basically, there's energy there. There's a particular type of energy there. And whether it could be associated with uh, with gates or anything else, I mean, I can't explain it. Nobody else, I mean, uh, a lot of people could theorize on it. But these places have a particular effect on some sensitive people. You know, so my thoughts on uh, ancient American history, of course, is that, you know, um, I believe the Druids were here. You know, Ohio, the state of Ohio has 10,000 mounds, okay? And they weren't built by the American Indians, okay? This is way before the, you know, anything like that, okay? So there are, there are some type of pyramid structures here in the United States, okay? The serpentine yeah. walls, a lot of things that 
that are that you probably see in England or in Europe. You know, a lot of the stuff is basically is hidden history because, of course, you know, the history books will have to be rewritten. And maybe our own origins could be a signal to our own origins. You know what I mean? And and, and a lot of these stuff could be could be hidden. You know, there's different agendas out here, very different agendas. I interviewed, well, not interviewed, I have a great compadre, the devilish Dave Dominguez, and he often pops up on the show. Dave, if you're listening, my love to you and your family in El Paso, Texas. I miss you. I hope you are safe. And one of the very first shows we did here on the Paranormal Chronicles podcast was Dave talking about how old is humankind and had we already been to the moon and he presented a very good argument that we were actually a lot older as a human race than we think and that we'd actually collapsed as a civilization several times not just once or twice but several times and that we see the remnants of previous existences of humankind where we built and built and built and bump there's a catastrophe, whether it was an asteroid or a disease or an ice age. And then we rebuild from the ashes. Imagine now there was a nuclear holocaust across the planet and people emerged from the wreckage, from the ruins. And we had to start again without the Internet, without electricity, without running water. There'd be enough there for us to start again and there'd be enough knowledge for us to start looking for food and purifying water and basic medicine. And eventually we would evolve after 5, 10, 20,000 years into a new version. And we would find these relics. We'd find this big mound and it would be the Empire State Building, but it'd all be collapsed and be a mound. It'd be like, oh, what, what were our ancestors trying to do? Were they trying to reach the skies? Were they, you know? And the previous civilization would just become a myth. It'd be lost in time. And I think that's what's happened to us. I think it is, that it is, it is happening. Like, it is, it is happening. We're beginning to become more wanting to be more godlike. And when I say we, we as a civilization. Okay. Look at the investments in science that we've been doing. As far as now, we could pick a want a kid. You could have a designer kid. You know, you could basically pick off the genes. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, if you're if you're if you, if you just want a boy, you could have a boy. You know, the investments in cloning. Okay. You know, whenever we get, I believe, to a point where we become godlike or want to be, become godlike, um, the chair gets kicked underneath us. Our balloons get popped, okay? The Tower of Babel. Yes, and we get sent back to square one, and we got to relearn this again. I strongly you agree know, with that. You know, a lot of these civilizations, like you said, they came up, they sprawled, they, I mean, they were using mathematics, like equations that rival some of the stuff that, that I don't even think we could do today. You know, explain the pyramids. I saw something recently on the pyramids and it, it was basically a, a meme that said, yeah, tell me how slaves lifted these. And these were humongous blocks placed on yeah. top of each other. I mean, there's all kinds hundreds of, of tons. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of theories, you know, energy and water, you know, the water, you know, bringing it up there with water or just bringing it up there. You know, they said it was 40 years, correct? To build 40 one of years. The pyramids. You know, which is interesting because 40 is a significant number, especially in the Bible. 40 comes up a lot. I truly believe they see that these civilizations came up, they be, they flourished, but they somehow forgot. You know, they, they've forgotten their ways, they've forgotten human, they've forgotten kindness. And then the respect for fellow man, the respect for other life forms, for 
the animals that we share this world with. Okay. Amen. You know, it's uh, and uh, we we've really, I think, uh, been slowly progressing, progressively moving away from that. And now we see everything as a commodity, as a Look how some of these places, some of these meat plants are run, or some of these operations are run, you know, by corporate entities. You know, it's disgusting, you know, and the way we treat the planet. You know, I'm not a big tree hugger or environmentalist, but, you know, we haven't been good good custodians. No, and I think maybe the overseers will turn up one day and they're going to be really cross with us. Yeah, well, this planet's going to start shaking itself and try to shake shake the, the, the fleas off. Yeah. You know, as a dog would be shaking, yeah. trying to shake the fleas or tickle or whatever from its body. You said something that's really just sprung into my head. Literally, the thought process just occurred when you were speaking about just say hypothetically, we have done this many, many times and we failed. We've got a bit too big for our boots. We've pushed a little bit too hard. We've tried to get as close to the face of God as possible or to be like the engineers that produced us. Maybe that is where skepticism comes from. Maybe all these people who are so determined to say, no, close the door on ghosts, on aliens, on Bigfoot. Inherently, they don't understand why. They're just like, I'm just going to say no. And you know who these people are, Willie. I know who these people are. They're on Facebook. They're on blogs. They're on forums going, what a load of rubbish, right? The reason they're saying that is deep down in their genetics, they know what happens when we go down the rabbit hole. They know what happens to us when we go through the looking glass. And that is why they are so determined to just shit on anything, to put anything down, which is about the paranormal. Everywhere you go, you get these people go, no, what a load of rubbish, right? And it's like, really, what do you base that on? Are you an actual scientist? Are you a psychologist? Are you an astronomer? You know, what is your profession? What is your education to be so certain that these things don't exist? They haven't got an argument because they're scared because they know what's happened to us before. Yes, they're they're scared of the truth. You know, and a lot of people don't want to be bothered. They want to live their own life. They're, they're They're bogged down in life. So the same people we could, we could be talking about, like I said, the, the sheeple. The sheeple, they're just bogged down in life. They're, they're completely bogged down in, in work and how can I make more money, you know, or, or how can I have a bigger house than my next door neighbor, okay? You know, these things, you know, materialistic all the way, you know, I got to have the latest the latest tech, all right? I mean, it's, you know, these things, you know, they're, 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 their lifespan is, what, six months, Okay. It's it's amazing. People are just bogged down, just just completely tied down to this stuff. I respect people's opinion that they might not have an interest in this, but for the people that do, just let them carry on. Well, I don't subscribe to the flat earth theory. I'm not going to knock it. I just don't believe that is something that is fact. I think there is enough evidence to prove that we live on a on a spinning blue globe in the middle of our solar system, and the fact that every other planet around us is a globe and i've seen the curvature of the earth in my own eyes i believe that to be true but if people really believe that and that's something they want to subscribe to then i have to respect that those guys in that part are okay i mean there's 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 many people out there don't believe that six million jews were 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 killed during world war ii yeah and maybe stanley killed even more okay there's people right now don't believe that men Ma'am, set foot on the moon. Are conspiracies real? And if so, which ones do you believe to be true? Oh, the conspiracies are definitely real. Okay. Did we put a man in the moon? Of course we did. As a matter of fact, there was a Japanese 
I believe a satellite, uh, I believe I had a camera, a set of cameras, and they, they actually took pictures of the stuff that was left behind, <laughs> the lunar <laughs> rover, okay, and everything else, all right? There's, there's pictures, they're, they're taking pictures, they did a survey of that part of the moon, Tranquility Base, okay? The landings, uh, most of the landings occurred, okay? And you got to remember, like my uh, good guest that I've had on my show, Mike D'Antonio, uh, he's a, an astronomer, and of course, he is the chief photographic and video analyst for MUFON. But anyway, and he's been on several programs, you know, um, NASA Unexplained Files. Okay. But also, you know, he's mentioned that the, the landings were covered by everybody. You know, the Russians. I mean, everybody knew what was going on. Okay. And if they were fake, I mean, it's this is a real tough secret to keep you know i mean uh, secrets can be kept but not by the amount of people that were involved in the apollo program there was a lot of people involved in the apollo program a lot you know from the suppliers i mean a lot of people worked on these programs a lot never mind the amount of astronauts that that went to the moon themselves or orbited the moon okay not one of them broke broke the code of silence even in their deathbeds the ones that passed away a lot of them became born-again Christians, which I found very, very interesting. And I've read reports about the amount of astronauts and Apollo astronauts in particular that claim, claim they saw things up there. It was a humbling experience for a lot of them. I spoke to Dr. Edgar Mitchell, okay? I believe he was the eighth man to step foot on the moon, all right? I believe it was Apollo 14. But anyway, spoke to him for, had the pleasure of talking to him for about half an hour, 45 minutes. And of course, it was a... You know, it must have been a, a humbling experience, you know, to see, to be standing somewhere that you looked, maybe you looked as a child or as an adult, you looked up in the sky and saw the moon. Now you're standing there and you're looking at the earth and then you're looking all around at God's creation. You want to talk about a view. You know how humbling that is and how insignificant <laughs> it makes yeah. you feel? I'm pretty sure that that's the kind of feeling I think they had. Do you think they saw something up there? Well, you know, a lot of them don't want to talk about it. But they did have a, uh, a private channel that was used that was used for the medical staff, like if they had any issues. And I believe there was communications that went through there. Some of them was picked up by ham radio operators. Yeah. Okay, and there was uh, there's been you know they, they picked up on these conversations. I'm sure they saw something. They saw many there's many instances that they instances where they saw something or they felt like they were being followed. You know, that without a doubt. And I think they did. On the other hand, these are the some of the best and the brightest that that, that ever done it. You know, I mean, who who in their right mind are going to sit in a seat on a rocket fueled, that, that much fuel on it, <laughs> okay? And, and some tin foil. you're not even sure. And some tin foil, 1960s technology. I mean, geez, we got more technology in our, in our oldest cell phones yeah. than, than these guys had when they went up there, you know? I mean, you want to talk about engineering, it's an incredible mean, uh, feat. I can understand why people don't believe we went to the moon. You know, I get why that theory is there. And I've been a proponent of the theory that maybe we didn't go 1969, we went later. But, you know, from what you're saying, yeah, it was well documented. Somebody would have cracked by now. Somebody would have said, oh, you know course. what, yeah. Of course, you know, now when you're talking about Kennedy and when you're talking about these assassinations or if you're talking about what's going on right now with COVID-19, 
Is this a conspiracy? I could say it's a conspiracy. I mean, did you ever think you're going to be living like this? I was saying to you earlier that me and my buddies, we'd sit around and we'd talk about what would happen if there was a zombie apocalypse or there was a, an alien invasion or the Russians or the Chinese invaded. You know, all these scenarios. Shooting the breeze, coming up with these ideas and what you would do and what you wouldn't do. And, and the one thing I didn't factor in was buying lots of toilet paper. And it's absolutely insane how quickly I remember vividly reading the news on January the 2nd that there was this virus in China and bump the entire world. Now you've got some interesting ideas that there is a conspiracy and I would love to go down that rabbit hole. Go for it, Willie. Well, you know, Speak you, you, your mind. I had a, some a guest, Dr. Heather Lynn, and of course I had a round table a few weeks ago. We were talking about this, about COVID-19, and we were talking about the World Economic Forum, and you start looking into these into these groups, okay? You know, or the elitist, the elitist of the elitist. And of course, you know, they you, you start going into reading about their agendas and everything else. And, you know, it's, it's, it's all about control. It's all about, you know, it's not only the, the new world order, but it, it's all about population control, all right? And this is stuff that these people are meeting on. I mean, you could go in here and, and, and read any of this. You know, you could go to the, uh, you know, www.forum.org and you could see these events and you could see what's going, you know, what they're talking about, you know, and, and if and if you think that they're not looking for an, an utopian world. And I have spoken to this before on my show, but you start going into like an article here that was that was done on on Forbes. Right. By this was in November 10 of 2016. Right. And it was done by a contributor of the world. Forum, okay, and the title of the article is "Welcome to 2030." I own nothing, I have no privacy, and life has never been better. What do you think of that, Gavin? So that was written from someone, an insider or a contributor yeah. to the World Economic Forum. Correct. This was written in November 10, 2016. Okay, and I believe the article is by Ida Aouken. I D-A-A-U-K-E-N. Okay, and you can go online and look for this for this in this article, and it is eye-opening. Okay. How people are willing, okay, to to live like this. Okay. So what's the agenda? You know, at the end of the day it's total control. You know, they want of course they they population control. All right. You know, a lot of these elitists, you know, they want to be able to go anywhere they want and it's not gonna be overcrowded. Okay. I mean, I don't want to sound like a, this conspiracy nut, but that's, you know, if you read between the lines, okay, if you read between the lines and if you if you look at the agenda and if you if you see what these people are writing about, look at these contributors, you know, and it's, and it's not on a, on a tabloid, okay, Forbes is not really a tabloid, you know, Forbes, you know, uh, Bloomberg, all these financial magazines, read some of this stuff. I happened to run into this article and I was flabbergasted. I really was. You know, it's an, an utopian world. You know, everything's given to them. But you know what they've given up, Gav? There's one important thing here, what they've given up. They've given up their sovereign freedom, okay? And we, you know, little by little, those are being taken away from us every day. You know, whether you over there in England, me here in the United States of America. You know, little by little, these people with these things, they're pulling away, little by little, any freedom that we have left. 
you know, look at our cell phones. Our yeah. cell phones will track us, you know, and they're talking about, you know, I don't want to sound like another conspiracy nut, but, you know, they're, they're talking about, you know, we're not going to open up a lot of these places until we get a, a vaccine. When is that? How long is that going to take? I don't want the vaccine. Yeah, I, I don't blame you. You know, sooner or later, they're going to be talking about a certificate. You know, did you have this done? Did you have this done? Where I work, they're constantly taking your temperature. You know, if you're, if you to happen, if you be coughing or you're going next to somebody who is, you can be up for two weeks. Okay. Until they, you got to come back and get tested, you know, but none of this was done with, with the Hong Kong flu. None of this was done with, you know, SARS uh, or any other of these pandemics. This ain't the first pandemic, you know, that we've had. We've had many of them. Okay, but this is an opportunity for these groups and and for these people to, to take an advantage of this, you know, and they have taken an advantage of it. You know, and I'm not saying I'm not saying that people have died. People have died. Yes, yes. You know, to take it to this extreme, you know, I think it's 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 crazy. And if you start looking, like I said, if you start looking at these, if you start reading, you know, doing some research on your own, you start finding out what's going on and what the agenda is. I was talking to someone recently and they were explaining like at a molecular level what this virus was. It's very fatty. It's got quite weak defenses to the degree that, you know, 20 seconds washing your hands with soap and warm water is enough to pretty much kill this. And with all the scientists in the world, the incredible brains and academics in America, in Britain, all across Europe, Japan, Australia, across the world, wherever you are listening to this, you have great scientists, great facilities, and we are yet to find a vaccine. And I find that absolutely incredible. Apparently, this virus has mutated three times since November. Isn't it crazy? So where did it come from? Now, the fingers pointing at China. They say it might have come from cross-contamination between a bat pig and possibly, uh, I'm not sure what it's called, it looked like a lizard dog, pag pagmalian. I'd never heard of the animal until, until all this happened. The, the Americans are saying that the Chinese manufactured it. The Chinese are saying the Americans manufactured it. The British are saying that it's it's an organic disease. It's evolved. It's not man-made. Where do you think it's come from? COVID got coined in the 1960s. You know, it, it, it is it, it does have bird flu in it. You know, it is part of a, a bird flu virus. So it's, it's not nothing new. It could be version 19. But the first cases were in Huan, China. That's you know, that's, that's not a big secret. I think in the politically correct world that we live in, a lot of people, some people will find that offensive. Do I think it was intentionally done? I don't know if you believe in coincidence and coincidences, but in, in Wuhan, there is a lab, a military lab. Could this come, come out of that lab? I can see it coming out of that lab. Was it done intentionally? Maybe or maybe not. But the fact of the matter is that it, it, did, come, it did come from there. And a lot of intelligence agencies... Or alphabet soup agencies, as they want to call them here in the United States, from many nations have pointed that out. Like I said, the why and the the agendas. If you start looking, if you start looking at the language, okay, and the uh, the agendas here on the World Economic Forum, you can see where this is going. What do you think the end game is? What exactly do you think the elite want? Well, you know, aside from total control, you know, of course, from having us as slaves, <laughs> as as a uh, as laborers, okay, for their for their own good. I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's total control. How would they benefit from us? Obviously, they've got us under control. Are you saying that? So we go to work, but we get our house for free. We yes. get our internet for free. We get yes. our water for free. Yes, but at the end of the day, what you don't have is your freedom and your sovereignty, okay? Because they're gonna know what it, they're gonna know everything that you know or everything that you do. Meaning, they're gonna be in your bathroom. 
They're going to be in your bedroom. So you just lose that freedom. You just, just happen to lose that last vestige that we really have, you know? Hell, we may even lose our own individuality. I can see more and more people working from home after this. They won't want to take the risk. Sorry to interrupt, but look where it's putting us. Social distancing. You know, I don't know about you, but if I, I haven't met you, of course, you know, I, and when I meet you, I don't care. I'm going to go and shake your hand and give you a big hug. Same here. And then I'm going to give us both some hand sanitizer. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but, you know, look, look look at the position that they're putting us in, okay, with the social distancing. Look how many deaths have happened in the United States and maybe in other countries because, you know, we're, we're, we're not made for that, you know? We're not made for that. You know, in the course of the social distancing, I believe what they want to create is is just program us to, to be, you know, less face-to-face, less, be less, I think, compassionate, more personal. Okay. Hey, listen, man, a handshake means a lot. A high five means a lot. You know, that physical contact, yeah, it is professional or whatever, but it means a lot. You know what I mean? We're tactile as a race of of people. We're nurturing, we're loving, we're caring as a whole. You know, people crave that human contact, you know, whether it's a hug from a loved one or an an intimate moment with someone you're attracted to. The new world that we're going to find ourselves in the next couple of months and next year is going to be very strange. All kinds of things are going to change. I was saying to a friend recently and they were laughing. They went, oh, my God, you're actually right. You're not going to be able to meet someone in a nightclub. And if you were looking for a date and you met someone online, do you want to go to a complete stranger's house, you know, and be intimate with them, knowing you could catch a disease, knowing you could infect the rest of your family? And I think that is where we will see the huge changes, because we will never be the same again. We will never be the same again. The the 21st century will be separated into pre-COVID and post-COVID. That's the way it's going to be turned. And you know what I really don't like about it? What's going to happen with the next one? This is a dress rehearsal. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. So when they say jump, how high are we gonna jump? Because they already they already know that we jumped. You know, we subjugated ourselves to this. Okay. So they already know. They already know what they have to do with the next one. And who knows how 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 the next one's gonna affect us? The people that didn't get affected now with with this COVID nineteen. Is somebody gonna tweak it? You know, with this, you know, start thinking about it. It's it'll drive you nuts. But with this so-called vaccine, okay, they're gonna find out who. Who's gonna, who's susceptible or not? I'm gonna ask a question to everyone listening, right? Post it in the comments or post on the Paranormal Chronicles Facebook page or get in touch with Willie at the Paradigm Matrix. I'm gonna ask a question, right? Will you have the vaccine? That is my question to you because right now I don't want a drug or a vaccine that to me is being rushed. I said to my girlfriend, right? I said, if I get really ill with COVID, I'm in hospital, I'm asthmatic, I've had a mini stroke. If I'm in hospital, and I'm like dying. Yeah, by all means, give it to me. But what I don't want to happen is, is that we get a vaccine, everyone panics, we all have it, and in 10, 15 years, we'll die in some bizarre new cancer. That could be phase two. You know, look at thalidomide, you know, diseases of that nature. We have these pharmaceuticals that we don't fully know and trust and understand. And then we take them, and then we have horrible side effects. And the COVID disease might be just a small part of a grander scheme. If we want to go down a conspiracy rabbit hole, I'm not saying this is true in the slightest. I'm just I'm just expanding on what Willie's presented, that the actual control side of this will be the vaccine. You've had the vaccine, you get a passport. You've had the vaccine, you can go to work. You've had the vaccine, you can go and see your family. 15, 20 years down the line, People are dying from a super, super virus, which is decimating the global population. 
And look at the impact that it's having. It's I've read an article where they were saying that the U.S. Army recruiters, if they found out that you've had it, you cannot you cannot join, you cannot enlist in the biggest volunteer force, fighting force in the world. Imagine that. What really staggers me, and I think a lot of listeners will agree with this, and this, you know, I don't want to come across as particularly antagonistic towards the whole country, but I believe that the Chinese government have severely lied about the figures of how many people have died. I think there's a cover up there. I'm not blaming the Chinese people. They are just people. I'm blaming the government. And I think if the government had been more honest at the beginning, instead of covering this up, things would have been a lot better. But then, as you're saying... We don't know how this thing escaped, where it's come from, and who was behind it. But then you look at figures in Russia. How come Russia aren't having the number of deaths as United Kingdom and America? It seems United Kingdom and America have been hit the worst. I don't think that's a coincidence. No, it isn't. It isn't. And I don't know how you feel, but I'm not a big believer in coincidence. I think what we need to do is, Willie, I think we need to schedule you back in about eight weeks. And we'll do a follow-up episode and see if we were right or wrong. I would love that. Almost definitely. I could go down the rabbit hole with you all night. This has been a great interview because it's been more like a discussion rather than just a flat-out interview. And you've given us so much food for thought. And parts that you've introduced us to could be whole shows in their own right, which is incredible. Well, you know, one thing that I really want to add, and it's a quote that I've been using by one of our founding fathers, Abraham Lincoln. And he says, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Okay. And that should be some food to thought there, especially in that article that I was reading when it was the year 2030. And that's what's going to happen. And that's what could happen. Okay. You have everything in the world, but you got no privacy. You got no true freedom. There's a term being used in the UK right now. It might be used in other nations. I'm not sure. But it's furlough addiction, where there's a concern that people are becoming addicted to the notion of furlough. And I know people that don't want to go back to work and they want this to keep going on. They're happy staying at home. They're happy having their rent paid. All ambition have gone out the window. To be kept at home with their children is a godsend. I actively know people who have said to me, I hope this goes on for years. I will happily sit at home. And my answer was, that's not going to be good for you, like your health. You know, we need the love and attention of other people. We need to mingle. We need to spread ideas and converse face-to-face. We need the camaraderie. We need the camaraderie, exactly. And also just the economic impact as well. We need to stop this. We need to control it. We need to understand where this disease is coming from and how to stop it. I'm not a scientist. If I was, I'd stop it. I'd try and stop it. But obviously, I'm not, am I? I'm I'm just an author and a podcast host like yourself. We can't get addicted to just hiding away we need action we need to stop this we need answers we need solutions but i think after eight weeks people have already become addicted to furlough and i'm thinking do you know what yeah this is an easy ride correct correct they've been institutionalized after eight weeks eight weeks i want to go out and hug my girlfriend i want to give you a handshake one day willie and i want to walk in the woods with friends i want to camp out with friends i want to go to a shopping center and have a cup of coffee with a good friend or family member you know i want to walk around the supermarket aisles not in a mask and a pair of rubber gloves you know i want to walk around and stop and chat to people every time i go shopping i feel like i'm in a game of pac-man trying to avoid everyone else and everyone's side-eyeing everyone right everyone's looking 
looking at oh, each yeah. other so, so, so oh, suspiciously. Yeah. That's happened in eight weeks. Exactly. So the date we are recording this, right, is the 12th of May 2020. And you might be listening to this in the future. You might be listening to it a few weeks later, a few months later, maybe even a few years later. And I hope that Willie's wrong. Not that I don't like Willie. I just want him to be wrong. And I hope that whenever you're listening to this, you go, oh, listen, those two idiots thinking the worst and everything was going to be different. Everything's back to normal. Everything's great. I sincerely hope that is true. But if Willie is right, be aware of the new world we are going to find ourselves in. It's going to be a very different place. Think about what is being asked of you before you do it. Willie, thank you so much for your amazing time. How can people contact you and how can people listen to your fantastic show, The Paradigm Matrix? My show, The Paradigm Matrix, is on every Friday night, 6 p.m. Pacific time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, U.S. times. And you could, I could be reached at Miranda at theparadigmmatrix.com. That is my email, Miranda at theparadigmmatrix.com. My show, The Paradigm Matrix, is on the KCOR Digital Radio Network, and that's www.kcorradio.com. And trust me, I love The Paradigm Matrix radio show. It is absolutely superb. I'm not just saying that. A couple of my guests, a couple of my authors have featured on there, and Willie is a great interview. And my God, does he take them down the rabbit hole. He gets great interviews out of everybody. And I will come and speak to you on your show once Harvest, the true story of alien abduction, is closer to launch. You know, I've got a lot to put together in terms of how I'm going to present that, because I think people are going to struggle with what I'm going to say. So I want to have a bit of time to prepare that. But you're going to be one of the first shows I'd like to go on. Check out the show. It's absolutely superb. What is your favorite episode of The Paradigm Matrix to date, Willie? My favorite one, one of my favorite interviews, it has to be, of course, with George Martin Miranda. And, of course, we were talking about the phenomenons that are going on in Puerto Rico. So those have been... Uh, some of my favorite interviews. And of course, you know, I got to say also, uh, Escaping from Eden, Paul Wallace, Paul Wallace. Let me tell you, a great interview. And we just stood there and it just, uh, it was just like a, a regular conversation. I do have a passion for that subject also. Of course, you know, growing up the way I did in a Pentecostal household, you know, I'm a God-fearing person myself. <laughs> you know, I'm not, you know, completely, I'm not an atheist, of course. You know, I do believe in a creator. So th- those were uh, great interviews. You know, I've, I, I, like I said, I get one of the best best jobs when it comes out to that one-hour live show. And it is a live show. Been a, a great experience for me. Well, do me a favor as well. Can you say hello to Solaris Blue Raven from me? She's never heard of me, but tell her I'm a big fan of her work and I've listened to her on Ohio Exopolitics and other shows of Unknown Country. Big, big fan of Solaris Blue Raven. And say to her, a little man in Wales would love to have you guests on his show as well, because I'm a big fan of his. People, if you're into UFOs, read Escape from Eden. That's all I'm going to say, because it would blow your mind. Every show you manage to offer something different. That's very commendable. And I can't recommend your show enough. It is absolutely superb. Well, thank you very much. I'm really, really humbled. by your words it's a pleasure willie now can you leave our listeners with a final thought you know what i could say is to keep on researching doing the research yourself 
You know, you don't have to believe what Gavin and I say. Do the research yourself. Do it, you know, because it is your responsibility. You know, our well-being, your well-being is your own responsibility. Amen to that. Willie, thank you so much for being on the show. You're an absolute gentleman, sir. My best to you and your family. Please keep safe. Thank you very much, Gavin. You as well, my friend. Is the poltergeist syndrome the only type of paranormal phenomena that can really be proven? Read Poltergeist, a new investigation into destructive haunting today. Available on e-reader and wherever books are sold. Visit www.sixth-books.com for more information. Become the alchemist of your world. In The Secret of the Alchemist, Colm Holland reveals how you can discover the power to miraculously change the world around you beyond all recognition and for the better. Colm will tell you the story of his encounter with Paolo Coelho and his best-selling book, The Alchemist, and how discovering the secret gave him the insights to achieve true empowerment in his life and how you can too. Read The Secret of the Alchemist today. Available from wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com to learn how you too can become the alchemist of your life. This is Jason Bland, host of Midwest Paranormal Presents Paranormal Soup, where we stream live as a webcast every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, with guests who will blow your mind. Live ghost box sessions where you can call into the show to see the spirits will talk to you, and the world wide web of weird with the latest in paranormal news and evidence. We're bringing the weird every Sunday night, 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. Eastern, on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Don't forget to follow and subscribe. Paranormal entities assaulting us. Ghost Sex The Violation is the best selling true account and study of paranormal sexual abuse. Ghost Sex The Violation by GL Davis is available on Kindle and through Amazon. Pray this never happens to you. What if the after effects of a near death experience were undeniable? What if a person could suddenly produce high quality paintings of the afterlife, or if they acquired the ability to compose classical symphonies? Read Shine On. The remarkable story of how I fell under a speeding train, journeyed to the afterlife, and the astonishing proof I brought back with me. Read Shine On today on e-readers and wherever books are sold. Visit www.o-books.com today. Does Genesis teach that the human race was created by God or engineered by ETs? Read Escaping from Eden. Today, from wherever books are sold. GL here, and before we get back to the interview, did you know you can listen to this podcast not only ad-free, but with early VIP access as a TPC VIP Patreon. As a VIP, you will get two digital books, including my bestseller, Go Sex the Violation, to keep and read, plus digital content, two extra draws in our follower monthly book giveaway, and exclusive entry into a VIP 
Amazon gift voucher draw. This is the spooky part. All of that is just £3 or $3 to go VIP. So go VIP today so you don't hear ads like this again. Head over to www.patreon.com forward slash TPC VIP. That's patreon.com forward slash TPC VIP. On with the show.